Hey lovelies, this is for us, chapter 30. I am going to sing for Kurt as part of this chapter, and I just want you all to know that his voice sounds better, and also it sounds like a man singing, but this Dolly Parton song was just too good not to sing a little, so I hope it's okay, and you don't have to like turn the podcast off out of horror. This chapter is called How You Make Up. John. Carrie looked taken aback when John dragged into the kitchen at 8 a.m. the next morning. You not working today? he asked. Silently, John held out a coffee mug for Carrie to fill it. He dumped in milk and coconut oil and then sucked it back straight with the dollop of oil still sitting on top. Text work, I'll be there late. Waited up for Kurt last night and then we fought about Nikki. He rubbed his fist into his eye, still sandy from crying himself to sleep. I think I really hurt him, and I still feel like shit about it. Carrie rubbed the side of his beard, looking sympathetic. You say sorry yet? John exhaled. Yes. His friend shrugged. You are going to fight eventually. How you make up is the important part. Don't be too hard on yourself, John. John made a dry noise. Has that ever seemed like an option for me? Carrie huffed a laugh, his big fingers squeezing John's shoulder briefly. You're just overtired. Drink up. Coffee will make you happy. Want me to blend that up how you like it? Sighing, John handed the mug over. Over the whir of the blender, he heard the thump of Kurt's feet upstairs and then the sound of Kurt singing. When Carrie dumped his frothy, perfect bulletproof back into John's mug and handed it over, Kurt's voice came through the ceiling loud and clear, belting out a Dolly Parton tune. All you gotta do is smile that smile, and there go all my defenses. Just leave it up to you, and in a little while, you're messing up my mind and filling up my senses. Carrie glanced at John, amused. He seems all right. The words got progressively louder with the sound of Kurt's feet running down the stairs, and then he slid into the kitchen in his sock feet. He paused, seeing John, and his lips curled up slowly. John swallowed, checking his face for any trace of the hurt from the night before. Here you come again, looking better than a body has a right to, and shaking me up so that all I really know is here you come again. And here I go, Kurt sang softly, crossing the kitchen, and John couldn't help laughing, turning his blushing face aside. Kurt put his arms around him, pulling him close and kissing the corner of his jaw that he'd just shaved clean. Morning, White, he murmured in his ear. You're outrageous, John said softly. Kurt drew away, his blue eyes dancing. You like it? John let his palm rest on Kurt's chest for a second, where his boyfriend had pressed his hand as if something hurt him last night. I really do. His mouth couldn't resist smiling back at Kurt, whose eyes lit up just a little more. The tips of Kurt's ears were bright red as he helped himself to coffee. He sloshed the nearly empty pot. What's this? You falling down on the job here, Douglas? How's a man supposed to fuel his workday on half a cup of joe? Had a little unexpected company, Carrie said. Seems like you had a good night. He lifted his dark eyebrows innocently, slurping his coffee. 
Kurt leaned against the counter, his shoulder brushing John's. You know what, Douglas? You're probably not aware that John White is the best cuddler on the planet, and I am sleeping like a baby in his arms. Uh, Carrie said. I didn't need to know the details, but I'm happy for you. I'm thinking of getting a dog to cuddle me at night. Kurt snorted. A dog? Well, I guess everyone can't have John in their bed, so you do you. <coughs> John choked on his coffee, and Carrie thumped him on the back, laughing soundlessly. Are you home for supper, White? Kurt glanced at him. John nodded, still coughing. That bulletproof had almost come out of his nose. Briefly, I have a jujitsu class to teach at seven. Kurt smiled. Excellent. I'm making you dinner. I may have recently become addicted to this cooking show on YouTube, and there's a recipe I want to try. Douglas, you of course are welcome to join as a third wheel. Thanks so much, Carrie said dryly. Kurt. Kurt's phone blew up with notifications mid-morning while he was hanging drywall with Carrie. After the fourth buzz ping made the hair on the back of his neck prickle, he said, Give me a sec, would you? I should check these. I wish you would, Carrie said, and they carefully set the drywall sheet to rest against the lumber frame. Their show was sold out. Their first gig at a mainstream bar, a venue just a little bigger than any of them figured they could fill, and every ticket was sold. The text thread between Nikki and the band was full of emojis and last-minute rearrangements of their set list. After scrolling through the first couple messages, Kurt rolled his eyes and shut up his phone. After thousands of hours of practice, the music was in his fingers and in his blood. An hour before the show, Nikki would tell him what he wanted, and that's what they would do. He didn't need to be part of the conversation today. He tossed the phone into the tool bag, picking up his end of the sheet again. Show's sold out. Band's freaking out. Sorry. Huh, Carrie said. Congrats. This mean you guys are heading for bigger things? Uh, wow. He really hadn't thought about it. In his mind, the show was over already, and he was planning a road trip to see the mountains with John. No idea. That's Nikki's bag, not mine. I thought this was the last show of, our, of the year. And he'd not been sorry at all. He was a little surprised at himself. Tomorrow, the lights would ripple over a sea of faces turned up to soak in his music like sunlight and water. He'd worked his ass off and lain awake nights longing for this moment. He should have been high as a kite with excitement. He was more interested in cooking supper for John tonight. A risotto recipe from Italy that looked like exactly the thing his gluten-free, dairy-loving boyfriend would want to lick off his plate. So their band would make more cash off this show than they had expected, and maybe pick up more radio play. He didn't need the money now. And there was really only one person in the audience that he cared about. He knew his boyfriend better now than he had at the last concert. John would be happier if they stayed home and Kurt played those songs for him on their carpet. Which was a brilliant idea. God damn, he was making risotto and an in-home concert tonight. Now he was excited. It turned out risotto was hard. Kurt sweated over the stove, slowly stirring the simmering mixture of rice, milk, olive oil, white wine, and finely diced onion and celery. It smelled heavenly. But he'd had zero time to fix his hair, and there was a sticky mess of one failed risotto in the sink already. Fortunately, he had no witnesses. Douglas was buried in a new drawing project in his studio, and John was catching up on some sleep. Kurt babied this pot, spooning in more broth every couple of minutes, constantly stirring it, 
even singing a little song over it to help it be tasty. To hell with his hair, this meal was going to be fabulous. When it had thickened, and the energetic Italian man on the YouTube said it was done, Kurt set the pot aside and turned off the burner, breathing a huge sigh of relief. He threw up his arms in the empty kitchen. Touchdown! Visit for the win, he whispered. <sighs> he hissed the crowd noise. Chuckling, he jogged up the stairs to fetch his housemates. Douglas grated the parmesan, the nub of cheese dwarfed by his fingers, and John lit the candles while Kurt poured the white wine, making a little face. The only thing he knew about wine was that the hangover was the worst. The smell still turned his stomach. John glanced sideways at him. Are you sure it's okay if we have that? Oh yeah, Kurt said. Douglas picked it up for the recipe. Please drink the rest, I want none of it. John's mouth curved and he helped himself. Lovely, he said thoughtfully after rolling it around in his mouth. Kurt laughed at him. You wine people are such snobs. John punched his arm lightly. You teetotalers are so self-righteous. Kurt laughed again. Words which have never been applied to me in my life. John grinned back. What did you make us for, vis for dinner, Visser? Please tell me there's something Italian to put this Parmesan on, Douglas said. Kurt brought the pan to the table and lifted the lid with a flourish. Steam wafted out, carrying with it the heavenly smell of creamy cheese and olive oil. Both men made a little noise of wonder, and Kurt grinned at the happiness in their faces. Gennaro Contaldo taught me how to make risotto. My first, uh, technically my second try. The meal melted in their mouths, and when it was done, Kurt got up from the table to announce, there's music for dessert. Douglas glanced around. Is there dessert? No, Douglas, Kurt said, folding his legs on the carpet and tuning up his guitar. Music is the dessert. Oh, Douglas said, obviously disappointed. There's ice cream in the freezer, John offered, if you want all the dairy. Mm, Douglas rubbed his stomach. Maybe I better not. Kurt chipped in. You're not seeing your girlfriend later. Have all the dairy you like, Douglas. Douglas's face brightened. That's true and he scooped himself a bowl of ice cream, settling in to lick his spoon while Kurt played dessert. Laying his cheek against the smooth hip of his guitar, Kurt finger-picked the first bars of the song that he would have opened the show with if he got to choose, a grungy ballad called With Me Tonight. He got lost in the music while he pulled the song out of the strings and the story out of his own chest. All week, practice had felt like a lot of work, but this was easy as breathing. He plucked the last notes and then strummed a big chord to finish, looking up with a grin. Douglas smiled back around his spoon. Amazing. John was silent, leaning his elbow on his crossed leg, his fingers over his mouth, his eyes crinkling in that very particular smile of his. You're not done, are you? He asked after the chord hung in the air a moment. I want more dessert. Me too, Douglas said, going to the freezer. Kurt ducked his head, laughing a little. Darling, there's so much more where that came from. John leaned back to check the clock on the stove. I have 40 minutes till I have to leave. I just want to sit here and listen to you play. Kurt fiddled on his strings, putting together a 40-minute song list in his mind. All his favorites, including the songs that had always been about John, even though he'd never tell Nikki that. Well then, here you go, he drawled, before he sang and played his heart out. Even if it was just an audience of two, he brought the house down with his last song, an ode to their carpet that he'd just written. 
He bobbed his knee in time with his strumming, shaking his hair and laughing while he sang, and John and Douglas clapped along. They made the walls of their home ring. When he set his guitar back on the stand beside the carpet, John crossed the room and settled lightly in his lap, hooking his arms around Kurt's neck. Your risotto was delicious, John said. Dessert was even better. Kurt laughed, and then John kissed him, and his awareness of anything else melted away. Kurt had thought that dating John would make him feel a little inferior because of all the previous experience that he'd had with men, much of which he'd enjoyed at the time. Privately, he'd worried that he'd have to squash his own desires to be with someone who had such strong opinions about what was right, right and wrong. Making out seemed like the sort of unreasonably fun activity that a person like John would put on his restricted list. Even if he dreamed about John for years, in reality, they made an unlikely fit, and Kurt had been wondering how much he would be willing to change about himself to make it work. John pulled himself free, laughing into his mouth, with his hand on Kurt's chest. I'm going to be late if I don't go now. I'll be back at nine, will you be up? Breathless, senses full of the weight of John against his body, the light in John's eyes when he laughed, the taste of his mouth. Kurt laughed back at him. What am I, seven years old? It's Friday night. Yeah, I'll be up. He recalled his earlier plans for the evening. I'm borrowing the truck to get to an AA meeting. I'll be back before you're done. He leaned on one side to watch John run up the stairs and then fell back on the carpet, stretching out with a happy sigh. If John was changing him, it only felt like becoming a better, happier version of himself. Because, damn, John White was a good kisser. John. Sparring in the jiu-jitsu studio had been John's favorite thing to do with his body. He still loved it. The complete, visceral absorption that came with trying to keep your partner from taking your back and choking you out. However, he had zero regret when he got up off the mat, brushed off the front of his gi, and wished his class a good night. He was texting Kurt before he was even out of the studio, too focused on getting home to bother with changing or even using very many words. On my way, meet me in my bed. The house was quiet and dark as he jogged upstairs, light spilling from his bedroom into the hall. He paused in his doorway, catching his breath and grinning at his boyfriend, who was cross-legged, fully dressed on top of the covers, his phone lying in front of him. Kurt looked sideways at him, his ears pink. This is a very sexy text you sent me, White, he said a little huskily. Maybe you didn't know where my mind was going to go when I got it. You said beds were just for sleeping, so I've spent more energy than I'd like to admit trying to figure out what you want here. John laughed, rubbing the side of his blushing face. Oh, sorry, I'm so awkward. I shouldn't have assumed. Maybe you're tired. I just miss you. And I thought maybe we could do something nice in my bed before we go sleep in your bed. He bit his lip, his eyebrows lifting a little. He had a pretty clear idea of where his boundaries were now. And inside those, he wanted to play. Making out was his new favorite thing to do with his body, hands down. Do you want me to go shower? Kurt unfolded swiftly, crossing the room and catching his waist, bending his face to John's. After a delicious interlude, Kurt said, No, I don't want you to go anywhere. He ran his fingers over the lapels of the jacket of John's gi, checking him out, fingering the embroidery on his chest and the knot in his belt. You fascinating creature, he murmured, his eyes sparkling. This might be my new favorite look on you. John laughed softly, running his hands through Kurt's hair while the other man tugged the knot out of his belt and slid it off, tossing it over John's dresser. Hmm, 
Kurt's hands were all over him, exploring the ties on the side of his gi, his lips nibbling John's collarbone in an absent-minded way while he figured out how to get him out of his clothes. John did not help his focus, his own hands all over Kurt's body under his shirt, his breath catching as his skin sparked with heat. Delicately, Kurt removed the garment, admiring the embroidery on the back and front. I very much want one of these white. Mm-hmm, John said, stripping off his undershirt. Should we go online and shop for one right now? Kurt shouted a laugh and caught him up under his butt and carried him laughing across the room to dump him on the bed. Definitely not. He clambered on top of John, who grabbed his pillow and smacked the other man's grinning face. I'm not a sack of potatoes for you to just throw around. Caught you off guard, White. I'm surprised at you. I heard you were a black belt or something. Kurt fended off the pillow beating, covering John's body with his own and his mouth with his. Wrapping Kurt in his arms, opening his mouth, John let himself move and respond under Kurt's warm weight, feeling the last tension from their fight and a long, stressful week release until he was so light with pleasure they could have been weightless. Somewhat later that evening, John showered, changing into his pajamas in his own room, laughing a little at his ongoing need for privacy in spite of Kurt's growing familiarity with his body. He slid under the blankets in Kurt's bed, tucking his body around him, feeling completely relaxed. Kurt had his glasses on, curled on his side, reading by the light of his lamp, but hadn't bothered to put his nightshirt on. For the first time, John registered that his boyfriend's chest was smooth again under his hand. Hey, he dropped a kiss on the other man's bare shoulder, tapping his fingers against his sternum. How come you don't let this grow? Kurt rolled to face him, his eyes amused behind his glasses. You want me all furry? John bit his lip, rubbing his fingers in the dent in the center of Kurt's chest. Maybe? I was looking forward to seeing what you look like. Do you shave it like your face? Kurt put his book aside, laying back with his arms up on his pillow. Even his underarms were shaved and pale. Yeah, Nikki likes me bare for a show. John's face twitched, trying not to show disgust. Oh? And what do you like? Kurt's hand wandered under John's shirt, tracing the treasure trail of hair soft up his belly to his chest, making John shiver with pleasure. No idea. Haven't let it grow since I got out of high school. He really didn't want to fight about this, but at some point they needed to figure out how to talk about Nikki. Very tentatively, John asked, Is that how long you and Nikki were together? Kurt nodded. Off and on. We met at a club my first year of uni. He set his glasses aside, scratching his fingers through his mop of hair and yawning. John thought back to the year he was in grade 12, Kurt's first year at uni on a football scholarship. It felt like forever ago. That's a long time, John said slowly, to have someone in your life. Especially someone as overpowering as Nikki. Kurt's eyes touched his face, his mouth a little crooked. I probably needed a real grown-up to keep me from completely self-destructing. Nikki was that. John's forehead wrinkled. He'd only seen the guy from far away, under lights on the stage. How old is he? Kurt laughed softly. You'd kill me for telling you this. He says he's 32, but he's 40 this year. John quickly reached across and snapped off the lamp. He could do the math, and his face twisted, thinking about 19-year-old Kurt under the nightclub lights getting scooped up by 35-year-old Nikki.
That felt to him like a completely unfair power dynamic right from the start. Flopping back on his pillow, he rubbed his hand over his mouth. Nothing he was saying about that tonight. Doing that math shifted the way he thought about Kurt, too. His boyfriend's long-term relationship with Nikki took up way more space than 130 hookups. He turned his head on the pillow where a streetlight picked out the line of Kurt's neck and shoulder, his head propped on his hand. Did you ever think maybe you and Nikki would get married? John asked. He expected a quick, dismissive answer, but Kurt took his time, fishing under the sheets for John's hand and pulling it over the space between them to lay against his chest. Yeah, I did, he said. A couple times we talked about it. And I would fuck it up and he would throw me out or he would lose his shit and I would leave. John felt his boyfriend's heart thudding quietly through the back of his hand. Kurt said. He always took me back, so maybe we both thought we'd figure it out eventually. He sighed and kissed John's knuckles. I think I'm just not cut out for marriage. John almost bit his tongue off. He was so close to saying something sharp. Instead, he traced the corner of Kurt's neck with his fingers, his new favorite place to kiss as of today, keeping his mouth shut until he was sure he wouldn't cut them both. I think you are. His voice was rough. Nikki's just not the right person for you. Kurt chuckled, lying back, and John let his hand settle lightly on his chest, one finger in the dip of his collarbone. Well, the second part is definitely true, Kurt drawled. I figured that much out all by myself. John's eyes dropped closed to any side, his thoughts getting more muzzy with tiredness, so he didn't filter what he said about his feelings. Makes me sad thinking about you then, just out of high school with no one. Bish, please, I had a hundred friends and a party every night, Kurt protested. John's mouth tucked in. Maybe he was being a judgmental asshole, but he wouldn't count any of the people that partied with Kurt and didn't stick around when he bottomed out as friends. Were you happy? he asked. It was quiet a moment and Kurt's fingers stroked the skin of his arm. I thought I was, sometimes. He rolled onto his side, and John rolled with him to tuck his body around him. Kurt reached back, pulling John's arm across his chest. You know what, though, Kurt said low. I never felt like this. Like what? Just safe, Kurt said simply. John felt his ribs expand under his arms in a sigh. So thank you for that, White. A little wry warmth came into his voice. John put his face between Kurt's shoulders, saying quietly into his skin, Any time, Pisser. This has been For Us, Chapter 30, by Rachel Reynolds, All Rights Reserved. Be well, lovelies, and have a good sleep. Thank you.